the Zuckerbucks investigation and the, the legal wranglings around Wisconsin's 2020 election review continued this week. Welcome to Wisconsin in Focus. I'm Cole McNeely, General Manager of America's Talking Network. If you have not already, we ask that you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to this podcast so you don't miss any episodes of Wisconsin in Focus. Now here's your host, Bruce Walker. Thank you, Cole, and welcome to the Wisconsin in Focus podcast powered by the Center Square. I'm Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Editor of the Center Square Newswire Service. Wisconsin in Focus is a production of America's Talking Network. You can find all of the Center Square's great podcasts at americastalking.com. And we ask you to subscribe to Wisconsin in Focus wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other number of areas where you can get your podcast. So we're recording today's podcast on Thursday, May 19th, 2022. And joining me today, as he does every week, is our Wisconsin correspondent, Ben Yount. How are you doing today, Ben? It is Thursday. The weekend is in sight. It's going to be a beautiful day today, but as has been the case all year, I've got baseball tickets over the weekend, and it's going to be less than 60 degrees. I, I, I can't Holy catch cow. a beautiful 70-degree sunny day to go out and tailgate, uh, though I have decided uh, weather, be, weather be damned, I'm going to put on a sweatshirt and make pizza in the parking lot at American Family Field and enjoy my Sunday. Well, Doug, on it, that's that's football weather. That's not baseball weather. That's just antithetical to the American dream. I know. I know. They're killing me here. Killing me. But I'll, I'll be sitting here in August complaining about the heat soon enough. So that's the way that that one goes. Well, how, how's your team doing this year, by the way? First place first place in the National League Central. Uh, they, they beat the Braves in a walk-off 11th inning home run victory uh, yesterday. They're two, three games ahead of the Cardinals. But, it, you know, as with everything with these small market teams, we have very, very good pitching on the days that it is good. We have very, very bad pitching on the days that it's bad. Uh, and our offense decides to take weeks off at a time. Uh, the, the Brewers will make the playoffs this year. But I, I don't, if, if those arms hold, they could be in a World Series. If those arms don't hold, it'll be one and done like it was last year. Oh, wait a minute. You can't talk about the World Series. It's only May. We're only mid-May here, buddy. Come on. Everybody knows that the Tigers are going to come roaring back. Everybody knows that. Been happening for years. Just just get, just get, let them get their legs <laughs> under them, and then after the All-Star break, they'll turn it on. Right, right. Well, listen, let's uh, turn uh, the topic from uh, the more important baseball to those areas of, uh, of current events other than baseball, other than sports. And um, you've written a series of stories this week that, um, you know, once again goes back to the election kerfuffle that is occurring in Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, there was a time when I was getting tired of listening to it, but now I, I am strangely compelled to check into this as if it were, I don't know, Luke and Laura and, uh, uh, the the soap opera of the century. It, it, look, I, I was a Days of Our Lives fan, and and it, Marlena and John Black are still going back and forth, just like they did when I was in college. And yeah, the the, the Zuckerbucks investigation and the the legal wranglings around Wisconsin's 2020 election review 
continued this week, but it was not a good week for those who are challenging what happened back in 2020. The Thomas More Society has been very active in filing lawsuits, challenging what happened specifically, challenging ballot drop boxes and the relationship between the Mark Zuckerberg funded Center for Tech and Civic Life, CTCL, if you ever see it written out. There are a lot of people who've just gone to the shorthand on Twitter, CTCL, and that that is the Zuckerberg's group. Center for Tech and Civic Life spent half a billion dollars nationally, almost nine million here in Wisconsin on the, the, the Zuckerberg Five, Milwaukee, Madison, Green Bay, Racine and Kenosha. And this case was in a Dane County court and Dane County court is sort of code here in Wisconsin for liberal justices who are going to often side with liberal causes. So there was this expectation that, yeah, this is a status hearing. They're probably not going to ultimately prevail, but this is all headed for the Wisconsin Supreme Court. So you have to check the boxes. But the judge in this case didn't even let the attorneys for Thomas Moore get into their opening arguments before he was starting to question their filing, question their argument, question their their sort of logic in the case. And it, it, I, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, nor do I play one on television, but I've covered enough trials in my day to know when a judge is slapping around a lawyer. And it was not a very good day for Thomas Moore, the judge whose name is Stephen Elk. If you are keeping the scorebook at home, that sounds that like this, a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Elk. It's, it, it's not, it's not, it, it's spelled differently, but, uh, but okay, no, A-N-N-E-L-K. Okay. All right. (laughs) But the judge broke this down and said that the Thomas More Society's argument is Wisconsin law does not allow for ballot drop boxes, period, full stop. Therefore, when Madison or Dane County chose to use ballot drop boxes in the 2020 election, they were breaking the law. And because Madison used $50,000 in grant money from CTCL to purchase those drop boxes. And because CTCL and some of its affiliates had as part of their election plan to use ballot drop boxes to encourage more absentee votes, Thomas Moore said that 50 grand is essentially a bribe. And the judge question said, well, if these were allowed by the Wisconsin Elections Commission, and again, this is the heart of the question about ballot drop boxes as election managers in Wisconsin said, yeah, sure, they're allowed. Even though state law doesn't allow it, the election managers specifically told counties and cities and municipal clerks that if you want to use a ballot drop box, you absolutely can. And so the judge asked the question that stymied Eric Cardall with the Thomas More Society, if these drop boxes were allowed by the Elections Commission, how can you then turn around and say that local election managers committed a crime because they were working off of the guidance that they were given? He also, the judge, said that it was ridiculous to think that the $50,000 grant was a bribe, that bribes generally require some quid pro quo or some benefit just giving money to buy the drop boxes, even though there may have been some strategery behind it. It's a long way to get there to a bribe. Uh, Carl continues to argue, though, that, look, Wisconsin law is clear. The ballot drop boxes are not allowed. They were not allowed by law in 2020. They are still not allowed by law 
here in May of 2022. And, and, and the best line that Cardle had in the hearing was that Wisconsin elections work when everybody follows the law and the law requires specificity that the fairness of an election is that everybody's playing by the same rules, that it doesn't matter if you vote way up north or if you vote in Milwaukee or if you vote in some rural county out in the western part of the state. The rules are the same for everyone. And that's why he continues to focus on the specifics of what Wisconsin law allows as opposed to the guidance from the Wisconsin Elections Commission. Ultimately, this is going to be decided by the Wisconsin Supreme Court. And the Wisconsin Supreme Court is going to have to decide whether or not the Elections Commission was within its rights to allow for this guidance or whether or not ballot drop boxes will be allowed. Lawmakers will very quickly handle this if there is a Republican governor elected in November, by the way. But we're still waiting for this big question of what will the Supreme Court say the law says about Zuckerbuck's and about the ballot drop boxes. And until we get a ruling from the Supreme Court or until we get rulings from judges in Madison and Waukesha that could compel the mayors of Madison and Milwaukee and Racine and Kenosha and Green Bay, plus election commissioners to testify, we just don't know. We're not going to have an answer anytime soon. But uh, from the from the sort of, <clears throat> you know, first down and 10 view of of this or you know to, to, to go back to our baseball metaphors you know the first pitch you know stepping in the batter's box to a zero zero count this was not a good hearing for the thomas moore folks and the people who want to challenge the 2020 election here in wisconsin in the broader scheme of things i don't think anybody thought that they were going to win this case in madison i think all of this hinges on the wisconsin supreme court at a date to be determined so again you know this one may have been a swing and a miss, but it does not by any mean, by any way, shape or form mean that the review has ended, the questions have been answered, and that the 2020 election is scot-free and in the past and nothing to see here. Don't ask any more questions. We're all good. Goodbye. <laughs> well, let's, let's turn to something um, a little bit more. I don't know it's legal oriented, but it's social oriented. And this is a story of yours that's been getting quite a quite a bit of play is trending very, very highly on the center square page. And that is our associates over at Will are defending middle schoolers. What did these nasty little junior high kids do? This is the important point is that you got to remember when you're in eighth grade, as these three boys are. They're 14 years old. That's how old you are in eighth grade. And I was 13. So, and arguably, I have not advanced that much since then. So, <laughs> but that's, I'm still, we, I'm still we, quoting we Monty Python in podcast. So, there you go. <laughs> we tend to forget the older that we get, just how young you are in middle school. And, and if, unless you have kids who are that age, it's really easy to forget just what being 13 or 14 years old means but yeah these these three eighth graders are facing a sexual harassment case for refusing to use the they them pronouns for another student and this is part of the broad conversation not just in keel schools and and if you're looking at the map of wisconsin keel is sort of to the east of oshkosh it's not quite up to green bay 
uh, you know, if you, if you're headed up to Door County, you would drive past the community of of Keel. Uh, and and so this is this is a smaller northeastern Wisconsin school. This is not the suburbs. This is not Milwaukee. This is not Madison. But the school district is moving ahead with a sexual harassment case. This is not just an in-school suspension case. This is a sexual harassment case because these young boys misgendered another student. Now, to hear. OK, let me the, let, let me let me let me stop you right there, though, Ben. Um, and I'm not going to ask you to litigate the case on a podcast. Was it an inadvertent uh, oversight on the on behalf of the the children who misgendered, or was it a deliberate? We refuse. We simply refuse to use the the them they pronouns uh, when it comes to this other student. The school district isn't giving any specifics, and that's that's typical. I mean, you know, the policies. They're minors. And there's they're, right. they're, these are these are younger children. This is all not. This is now also you know in litigation. Will has stepped in and is 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 you know trying to defend these these children. So school, the school district's not offering any specifics. The only person who's offering any specifics at all in this case is one of the moms of one of the children. And the way that she tells the story is that this student, the they them student, was essentially yelling at another kid about calling her a her, not using the they them words. And one of these boys stepped up and said, look, you, you, you stop yelling at this kid. You, you can't do that. You can't force us to use the words that you want us to use. We have a, a constitutional right to free speech and you can't scream when we don't do this. And th that that is being classified, according to the school district, as both sexual harassment and misgendering. And, and the school is leaning heavily on state laws that require or district policies that require them to investigate all claims of bullying. And, and this is for people who haven't had kids in school. Bullying is now one of the biggest focuses, particularly in junior high. And so there are policies as to how you deal with bullying claims. Keeled schools are also leaning very heavily on Title IX and this idea that if you harass Anyone based on anything that deals with sex, it is then protected under Title IX, and there are huge, huge ramifications for that. Title IX was originally created so that there was some parity, some 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 equality between men's and women's sports. It said you can't discriminate based on the sex, uh, based on you know race or color or religion or sex or any of that, and that's what the school district says. I mean, th their statement. The the Keele Area School District prohibits all forms of bullying and harassments in accordance with all laws, including Title IX, and will continue to support all students in caps, regardless of race, color, religion, national origin, ancestry, creed, pregnancy, marital status, parental status, sexual orientation, sex, including transgender status, change of sex or gender identity, or physical, mental, emotional or learning disabilities. In any of its student programs and activities, this is consistent with the school board policy. We do not comment on student matters, they said in a note back to parents. So, again, that's a large swath of people who are protected, according to the school district under Title IX. Now, here's the sticky wicket. Wills Luke Berg correctly points out that when you say sexual harassment, 
the traditional definition of that has been squeezing somebody's butt, has been actual sexual violence, dating violence, sexual assault cases. Well, and it could be something other than physical contact. You can harass somebody by absolutely verbally. Sure. The, the old days of, 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 hey, hot pants, why don't you come on over here and pick up the pencil? That is that is sexual harassment. The idea that these three children and this is the heart of Will's case and and what really has a lot of parents up in arms, the idea that these three young boys are being singled out because they said, well, no, you can't force us to say they them. That's the stretch. And that's that's where there is no clear. There's no clear clarity about the law. It, it is very gray. Uh, Will has also filed a open records request in this case. And that's generally where the, 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 the meat and the bone meet. Right. That the school district isn't saying anything externally. What they're saying internally, those conversations, that stuff is all public record. And so we'll wait to see what happens there. But, yeah, this is this is one of the stories that when when you take a look at what has been trending just on Twitter and in the conversation here in Wisconsin, this is come. This falls under the, 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 the broad headline of what in the world is going on in Keele schools? Why is this a thing? And. You know, the, the answer to that really depends on your politics, really depends on sort of where you sit on, on, on gender and pronouns and what what schools should be teaching and what schools are teaching. And you'll you'll have plenty of people here in Wisconsin who applaud the school district for this. And you'll have plenty of people in Wisconsin who sit here and say, oh, my God, this is what public education has become. Oh, my God, Becky. Well, listen, um, I think we have time for one more story, Ben, and you just submitted the story and I have it here on my screen. It hasn't even gone online yet. It's so hot. It's not even off the press. So uh, this is about charges from Milwaukee mass shooting uh, seem to highlight more soft on crime failings. Elaborate. Yeah, this is. The biggest story in the state of Wisconsin that on Friday, last Friday, after the the Milwaukee Bucks game downtown, as people were milling about and leaving, and, and our, our beautiful Pfizer forum is just a couple of blocks from bar districts here in Milwaukee. And there's a beautiful river that runs through the middle and Water Street is down there. There were a series of shootings, three shootings that injured 20 people. One of those shootings injured 16 one time it was a massive shootout according to police and sort of the the surveillance video that you see you know a couple of groups first shots are fired hundreds of people run other people are firing their guns at each other and 16 people ended up wounded as we are seeing the charges filed from that and and the da in in milwaukee this week has been filing this dribs and drabs two people here three people there we're getting another picture that many of these suspects have been in trouble before. And state rep Cindy Duckow, who's from Pewaukee, which is a sort of Western suburb in the wow counties here in, in Wisconsin pointed out that you're taking a look at some of these suspects who'd already been charged with felony firearm possession or bail jumping and bail jumping is the charge. When you, you go to court for whatever case they say, okay, you can go home on a signature or in in some cases, low dollar amounts, a thousand dollars or so. 
And then these suspects then go and commit new crimes. They don't show up for their old court date. So, you know, there was an opportunity for the court to hold them accountable. They let these suspects go. And Duck says, if you look at these charges, you're seeing the same names, the same people, people who are already accused of violent crimes who are now being charged with this. And and it, it is part of the ongoing criticism of Milwaukee County's DA, John Chisholm. I filed a story earlier this week where the Republican candidates for governor all said they'd fire him day one. And in in Wisconsin, governors have the power to replace DAs. I don't know that it would change because voters would then probably elect someone who is similar. But in addition to her criticism of, of John Chisholm and, and Governor Evers for his crime policies, uh, Representative Duckow said this, this shows the need to change the Wisconsin Constitution to deal with bail reform. And at the heart of this, there is a limitation in the Wisconsin Constitution, a, a provision, a, a, a feature, not a flaw, that requires every suspect in the state to be given the opportunity at bail. No matter what you did, you, you, could, you could burn a bus full of nuns or you could steal a Snickers bar. The Wisconsin Constitution says you have to be given an opportunity at bail. The Constitution also limits judges by saying you cannot con- you cannot consider their criminal past. You have to deal with each case individually. And what Duckow and many Republicans at the Wisconsin Capitol want is they want judges to get a whole picture. Yes, this person may have been charged with a fight, but this is a string of crimes that this person has shown they are dangerous, or this is someone who has repeatedly ignored court dates, please set a higher bail, higher bond. And that's that's the debate. That, that's that's part of the debate. Governor Evers has refused to sign legislation. So there's now a constitutional amendment that would change the provisions in the state constitution. And the, the defense from 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 liberal members in Madison, the, the, the defense from activists is that, look, cash bail does not keep dangerous people off the street. It keeps people who can't afford to pay to get out of prison off the street. And so it's framed as economic justice. But there were just 17 people, sorry, 16 people shot in one shooting on Friday outside of an NBA game. And if it wouldn't have been for the shooting in Buffalo that killed 10 people, Milwaukee would be the talk of the nation right now. Uh, the, 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 the mayor is scrambling, looking for anything to re- regain control of the city. There's going to be a curfew till further notice for young people in the city. And so, you know, this is part of the back and forth, the, the now maybe top, maybe top, uh, issue in the governor's race of, of crime and, and public safety here. And so expect a lot more criticism of, of, the, the governor's policies. And don't forget, we were, was, it was just last week we were talking about the parole board chief. You know, this is going to become a theme as Republicans say, look, under Governor Evers, under John Chisholm, under Mayor Cavalier Johnson, the Democrats who run Milwaukee, this city has become so unsafe that there's now a curfew to stop another shooting that wounds 16 people. Wow. Well, previously you said you are not an attorney and nor do you play one on television. But if you were an attorney that was portrayed on television, who would you be, Ben? Who was the the the, the blonde woman from LA Law? I always liked her. Ah, you're going back quite a ways. <laughs> you're dating yourself. And I will, I'll go back even farther than that. Uh, 
uh, Carl Betts as Judd for the defense. <laughs> I was trying. And, I was trying to think of the original. Uh, the original prosecutor in uh, Law and Order. The the skinny guy, not the old guy, um, not, and not Ben Stone, but the Sam Watterson. Is is, is that who I'm thinking? Sam Watterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was great. He was great. Those the dun dun. If you don't turn that show off in the first five minutes, you're done. You're sucked in. You got to watch the whole thing. Oh yeah, That's the worst oh, part yeah. about it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Ben Yount, I would like to thank you for joining me once again for this Wisconsin in Focus podcast, which is powered by the Center Square. You can listen to all of the America's Talking Network podcasts at americastalking.com. And we ask you to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For Wisconsin in Focus, I'm Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Editor for the Center Square. And we will talk to you again next week.